Hello and welcome to Gifts of the Weird. I'm John, your host. And this episode, I'm really excited to have Erica Robinson on with me. And uh, Erica Robinson is an African-American Lenormand reader, blogger, writer, and a frequent presenter at divination conferences. She released her book, The Language of Lenormand, published by Wiser Books last year. Her latest project is Erica's Lenormand of Hope, an American Lenormand deck created by a Black woman for a modern audience. Erica, welcome to the podcast. It's great to be here. Thank you for asking me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining me. And as we are recording, we are in Black History Month, and it's a great to celebrate your work and that of the accomplishments, inventions, and um, events uh, from Black Americans who were and are a foundation of the fabric of American history society. Thank you so much. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to working with divination and Lenormand in particular. What drew you to that system? So I discovered Lenormand about 15 years ago. Um, I, I was a teacher, an English teacher in high school for many years before that, and uh, was suddenly, unexpectedly widowed 15 years ago, and decided that I didn't want to make things difficult for anyone who knew me. I think widows are not easy people always for people to be around, because Widows, of course, remind us of our own mortality. So I let everybody think that everything was fine and I was moving forward. And But I really, like everyone in that situation, could have used a 3 a.m. friend. You know, someone <laughs> could call up at any hour of the day or night to ask the same thing over and over again and be met with patience and kindness and wisdom. But I didn't have uh, that. So I began a study of tarot, and I love tarot. I do read it. I use it uh, weekly in my blog. But I just happened on uh, Lenormand because a friend of mine had a sealed deck in her hand. And I said, what is that? She goes, oh, I don't know. I just picked it up. It looked interesting. And I asked (laughs) if I could have it. She said, yes, it was Chiro Marchetti's um, Gilded Reverie Lenormand, which is a beautiful deck. Mm-hmm. And I began to learn the system. Of course, the problem was that there were not many resources in English. There was one resource in English, which I read from cover to cover. It was uh, Sylvie Steinbeck's um, Secrets of the Lenormand or- Oracle, I think. It was the name of it. Everything else was in French or German. I don't speak German, but I do speak and read French. So I read the French resources. And then I practiced on myself and started reading for friends. And they'd see me with my cards and run the other way. But then eventually the word spread that I was good. So I would have to sort of run away from them. During my lunch hour, I'd have to hide in the bathroom because people would even knock on the door and say, are you going to be reading during the lunch break? Because I have a question. So I thought, well, okay. And then once I had read for all of my family and friends and they told me how terrific I was, I thought, well, you know, that is my family and friends. So, of course, that's what they're going to say. Mm-hmm. So I decided that I would branch out and start reading online. So I would go to forums and just um, open up a, a space and say, you know, I'll read for 10 people. And so I would get questions, you know, from all over the world and, and just really uh, very general ones, like, what does he think about her? And, you know, I, as I've explained, my my ego self wanted to say, well, I don't know who's he and who's her and tell me more. And, you know, what kind of relationship is this? And But my reader self said, Erica, that's not even relevant. Nobody needs to know all that. Ask the cards. Mm. And so I would ask the cards. The cards would give me the response. And I would type out a long response uh, using a spread that I had devised. And no one ever said I was off the mark. In fact, it got to the point where I would say, okay, I'm going to open up a spot for five readings, and I'd get 50 requests. Or I'd say, you know, 10 readings, and it would be 100 requests. And so I would read late into the night, and I didn't do it for money. I didn't even know people got paid to do this work. Um, I did it to get 
experience with the system and to help people. And I knew that that I was doing both. What I didn't know was that people who are the, the, the sort of luminaries of the card world were watching my work. And I didn't know it until I would get DMs from them saying, um, you know, we're watching what you're doing. We think it's amazing. Um, you're terrific. Keep it up. You know, people like Donnelly De La Rose or Rana George or Jordan Uris, um, uh, people all over the world. And so I, it just became a, a, a thing that I did. And then there was a shop in the town, next town over from where I lived, which was pretty famous. Busloads of people would come on the weekends to get readings. And that the shop contacted me and asked me if I wanted to be a reader. I said, well, I'm a teacher. I can't, what are you talking about? And they said, well, what about the weekends? So I thought, well, okay. <laughs> I did have a daughter that I was putting through college at the time. So I thought this, this could be good. And I, I worked there on weekends, uh, reading, you know, sometimes 20, 30 people in a day, in a day. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. lot of, yeah. And it really <laughs> built my, my, my reading muscles up, you know. So I did that. And then I retired from teaching. And then I worked in that shop for a year. And then COVID hit and I began reading exclusively online. And I was approached by Wiser, who asked me if I would write this book. And I said, sure. And I wrote it. Uh, and that was it. So here we are. Here we are indeed. Well, um, great segue mentioning your book there at the end. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to start off with the book and then we'll get to the deck because uh, it's a nice chronological progression. Right. And uh, yeah, so I'm enjoying the book. My husband bought it as soon as he heard it was coming out and pre-ordered it. And then when it came, he disappeared for like maybe three days and he just read that book exclusively. <laughs> and uh, he, he came out of it. Yeah, I interrupted him a couple of times saying, how's the book? He goes, oh, it's really good. And then at the end, his thing was, this is my new book that I'm recommending to everyone. So, uh, and he's well, been reading Lenormand for um, a number of years as well. So he's that that's a great uh, recommendation for me. So it's the book I'm going to be using to learn Lenormand with. Well, I will tell you that I I did take what I call a particularly American approach to this. Obviously, Lenormand is a European system, French and German based. And I think even European Lenormand readers didn't realize the depth of response that a Lenormand reading was capable of providing. I really don't think that they knew that. They they understand it now and they do, they will um, credit my work for that, which I'm very gratified by. But I think that people thought that Lenormand was the oracle you turn to if you if you lost your keys and you wanted to know where to find them or if you were going to have a party and you were scheduled to have it outside but you weren't sure about the weather you could ask Lenormand and Lenormand would would uh, answer that question for you whether you needed to move the party inside but and i think that people sort of left it at that but Lenormand is is a word language and so as is the case with every word language what you can do with it can be as simplistic or as sophisticated as you yourself are as a reader of that of those of that language right so i i think that what's been and and also i think that um because it seems to be on the face of it so simplistic and it's not it's simple but it's not simplistic but because it seems to be simplistic i mean you know anchor child snake book you know i mean i i think that it threw through um tarot people off because mm -hmm. so the tarot people tend to have well prior to my book one of two responses to lettermont one is that they would just you know call it i've heard this used so pardon my french uh, I've heard it called a basic bitch. So it's either basic or it's just completely flummoxing and they don't even want to try it. So my, my advice to tarot people is to take all your tarot tools and, you know, pack them up in a, in a suitcase and put them in a closet for the purposes of learning Lenormand. Because you wouldn't, you know, if you speak English and you want to learn Chinese, your English is not going to help you. Your best way to learn Chinese is by immersing yourself in that language. So I feel that if you immerse yourself in the language of Lenormand, you don't have the encumbrances of, of, of 
rules that you would apply if you were doing a tarot reading. So I also tried to make the book, uh, I, I tried to scaffold the knowledge, which is a sort of uh, an education term. So I tried from very early in the book, from the first chapter even, to have a reader say, oh my God, I just did a three-card reading, <laughs> and to feel accomplished. The way that a child feels accomplished when they can read D-O-G's dog, mm-hmm. right? So now you've got that confidence, just the way a child would. But then when you when you show a child, well, you can switch those letters around and it reads G-O-D, well, that's, that's revelatory to a child. And then when you say to the child, you can use other letters to create other descriptors that make that dog pop off the page and come to life. That's that's what you do with Lenormand. So I started very slowly and then build people's knowledge so that we go from three-card readings to five-card readings to seven to nine to the grand tableau. So that incrementally, you are building on the foundation of the previous lesson. And going back just a bit to the comparison of tarot readers using mm-hmm. Lenormand, I think I, I'm a, I use runes uh, mostly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I am dabbling into the tarot as well because I there's so many beautiful decks out there that that speak to my interests that I'm like I want to be able to use them because they're right. so cool. But runes are also very simple. It's just the rune and the meaning and the things that go around it. But most of the time we're working with the symbols. Not a lot of rune decks. There were not a lot of rune decks before, and then now they're coming out and using more imagery. So it's almost looks like a uh, it almost looks more like a Lenormand deck when you have a rune an illustrated rune deck so right. I, I think I think it might be easier for me as a rune reader to set those a little bit aside I'm still going to immerse but uh, but I understand the tarot because on the tarot card there's so much illustration and so many things to derive meanings from and and but that's that because further. that's because tarot is a, a pictorial language. Mm-hmm. Lenormand is a word language. That's the difference. The other thing I'll say about, uh, and, and, and runes, I want to just say a word about runes. What will appeal to you about Lenormand is the fact that um, Lenormand is a very direct, uh, direct system, as are runes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no sugarcoating or mistaking what the message is. And I think that with tarot, sometimes there can be a little bit of wiggle room squishiness involved. Um, the other thing is that is different from the way the Europeans read the system is Europeans will tell you that you do not need intuition to read Lenormand. And that is true if what you're going to do is look for your keys or figure out the date for your party. That's true. But you can ask any question of uh, Lenormand that you can also ask of Tarot. They will give you answers, each from their own perspective. That's, mm-hmm. that's what people don't understand. And I absolutely use intuition in my reading. I, I, I don't know whether you got to the part in the book, but uh, when I was first starting out and I was learning the Grand Tableau, all of those cards, it's all 36 cards, and they just... You know, they were just swimming in front of my eyes. I couldn't make sense of them. And I heard my husband's voice in my ear, and I'm deaf in one ear, and it was in my deaf ear that I heard his voice. So that was startling. And the words were, Erica, it's not childbirth. And I thought, well, first of all, what do you know about childbirth? But okay. Second of all, he's dead. Third of all, I'm hearing it in my deaf ear, so I better really pay attention. What does he mean? He said it's not childbirth. So let me back up. What is childbirth? My experience and every other woman who's gone through it will tell you it is, it is pain and travail and it is bearing down. He said it's not childbirth. Well, I had already done the pain and travail part. I had memorized the cards. I had memorized the numbers. I had memorized the card spreads. I had, I had learned all the combinations. I had done the hard part. I had done the bearing down part. So if it's not childbirth, what is the opposite of bearing down? Well, to me, the opposite of bearing down was letting go. And as soon as I took that lesson in, that grand tableau was clear as a bell to me. And I I will say that um, my rate of accuracy is, I mean, even I find it uncanny. 
But that's because my ego is not involved, but spirit is. And so I'm, I'm working with spirit. These cards are just ink on cardboard. That's all they are. But they are a, a sort of a, um, a mediating medium. They, they translate what I call the language of kairos, which is in the fullness of time. They, they translate that information in kairos to the language of chronos, which is time on the clock, time on the watch, time on the calendar, time as we understand it. So the cards mediate between those two worlds. And then I just um, am, am the, 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 the mouth, you know, that speaks what that message is. Yeah, I, I did read that part. And I thought that was really interesting that the way you said is like, well, it's coming from my husband who's gone. It's coming in my deaf ear. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I, I think I need to pay attention to that. Yeah. It's yeah, and I, I think what, what I love is that the Europeans are now saying, oh, wait a minute, we didn't even know that this oracle was capable of that kind of depth. So I, I love that. I love that they've embraced it and embraced the book. And I, I'm, I feel uh, like a proud mother, even though I'm obviously not the mother of Lenormon, but I'm, I'm happy that I could show her off in all of her uh, capability instead of this two-dimensional way that she's always been seen. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you mentioned earlier here and that I know from my husband talks about the way to read Lenormand, you said it, you approaching it from an American way. I had to create a system that worked for me. Mm-hmm. And so for me, um, you know, with my 20, I have a 23 card spread because The Grand Tableau is a wonderful spread. It shows you a little bit about everything. Um, But generally, in my experience, people don't want to know. They're not coming to you because they want to know a little bit about everything. Usually people have a particular area or two of concern that has pulled them to your table. So I thought, well, how can I honor the, the traditional way of reading, but put, uh, but riff on it in an American way. So I decided I would start with the five card spread, which is a traditional Lenormand spread. And I decided that I would use a significator, which is another European thing to do. You know, there was an old American Express commercial, you're probably too young to remember it. And the, the tagline was, there's a card for that. Like whatever there is, there's a card for that. Okay, well with Lenormand, no matter what the issue is, there's a card for that. So the first thing to do is to figure out, well, if they're asking me, I don't know, let's say they're asking me about, it's a money situation, financial stability, let's say. I'll use the bear for that because that's stability, uh, financial stability. So I take the bear and I put that in the center. And then I take the two cards that came before the bear in the pack and I put them to the left. The two cards that would have followed the bear and I put them to the right. This gives me my traditional line of five. But then I thought, well, okay, I can do a reading with these five cards because that's very common, but I want to know more. So I thought like an English teacher and I said, well, if all, if I think of all of these five cards as nouns for the sake of argument, I need adjectives and, and, and verbs and adverbs. So I'm going to pull three clarifying cards vertically for each of those five cards. So now I have 20 cards. Mm-hmm. The first two lines give our, our, our backstory. I used to say past, but I don't anymore because time doesn't really work that way. Time's not as linear as we like to think that it is. So these are two lines that will give some backstory about the situation. And you might ask, well, why do we need those? Because it shows the client, the sitter, that I have tapped into the right energy. That, that I, you know, because they already know those two lines, but mm-hmm. I didn't know until I pulled them. So I pulled those two lines. Then the center line, which is at the top of that center line, would be the bear, in this case, that significator. And then the cards down from that would be telling me some things about what's going on currently in that financial situation. And then the final two vertical lines will, will give me some guidance, some support for the client, some advice uh, moving forward. Then I, so that's a very nice square, right? That's what it looks like. And then I thought, well, um, I still have a whole bunch of cards in my hand. 
and I want to know more. And I had to laugh at myself because, you know, I mean, I'm not going to pull a grand tableau because that's the whole point was to do something different. So I said, okay, I'm going to limit myself to just three final cards. And those act as a postscript. So that's sort of, is there anything else I can tell my sitter about this situation? So that spread is, is an American way to do a very, very deep dive on a single issue. So if somebody says to me, for example, I don't even know what, I, what to ask. Well, that's okay. I'll just use the significator that represents them, the, the man card or the woman card. Sometimes people will ask me a very taroistic question like, um, what is my current life purpose? And I will use the moon for that because the moon is the card for um, reputation, self-image, um, you know, your own understanding of your right to take up space in the world. So, so I, will, I will use that as the significator and then pull cards around it. So what I get is a very re- rich, deep, nuanced story. And if Lenormand is a word language, it must tell a story. So that that's what I try to do with Lenormand. I love it. I, I was looking at the 23 card spread and I was going to ask you about it later, but uh, mm-hmm. you just went right to it. So that's great. I was, because uh, I haven't got to that part of the book yet. One of the things, uh, side caveat, I'm Aquarian, so I do a lot of rabbit trails. Please forgive me. No <laughs> problem. My father back. is an Aquarian. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I love the way the book is designed so that talk about the cards and then you do an application. So the first spread is a three card spread and then talk about some more cards of five. So like you said earlier, building upon things, giving these little points where you can feel like you're making some progress and accomplishment. And uh, I like that. So I hadn't got to the 23 card spread, but I did want to pop back and look at it. You just explained it in a wonderful way. And I love that because like with runes, runes, I, I view runes as telling stories as well. And because it's based on an alphabet, then it's also like a rune, uh, a word language. And I love that you use word language. That was really fascinating to me. And I think that really helps make it a little bit easier to progress into Le Normand. Yes. Well, that's hopefully that's that's the case. And, you know, it's pre- for, for anyone new to, um, to divination in this way, but certainly also for tarot readers, because it makes the case for why I say, leave your tarot tools at the door and just enter into this experience because it's, it's a word language, which tarot is not. Tarot is an imagistic pictorial language. Each language has its merit. And, and what I try to do with my blog every week is make the case that you can look at a question and then create a dialogue among systems, and no no one system is talking over the other one or, or or confusing the issue because each system. And I use tarot, Lenormand, and I use the Adinkra, which is an African oracle. But each each system knows their their role and stays in their place, and they play very happily together. We'll be back with the podcast after this short message. Since I began Gifts of the Weird Podcast in 2016, I've used Zencaster for my recording needs. Now it's super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. Log in using your browser and start recording a high quality podcast right away. Record studio quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of Zen? Knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my gift code, Gifts of the Weird, and you'll get a 30% off for your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience that I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Let's out your deck, unless you have something else about the book you'd like to share. I guess I wanted to say one more thing about sure. uh, spreads. Uh, and and Lenormand. Lenormand cards, unlike tarot, are never read singly. You always read them in, in ideally, sets of three or more cards. So that, that's one thing. And so when you're looking at a big spread, like the Grand Tableau, it's important to, to not get overwhelmed, but to say to yourself, this spread is made up of nothing but lines and boxes. So if I learn what a three card, five card, seven card is, then I can do a nine box spread because it's all, it's comprised of, you know, 
three card readings, mm-hmm. right? The the grand tableau is the same way. It's just lines and boxes. So if you can just chunk it in that way, it, it it's very doable. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thanks for sharing all that. I feel I feel much more enthused about uh, jumping into Lenormand and getting into the study of it. So I'm really looking forward to having that this discussion to kind of oversee my reading with the book. So that's great. (laughs) Let's let's go into the deck. It's the deck is Erica's Lenormand of Hope. And Mm -hmm. it's uh, created by you. And the artwork is by Erica Peebus. That's correct. First off, just the aesthetics of it. I love the cardstock. It's really handy. And the blue gilded edges. Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) That's so pretty. When When we took it out of the box, I was like, oh my gosh, that is just really it draws you to it. Yes. And then just turning it over and looking at the artwork, I've got it out right now. I'm really impressed with it. So um, tell me about why you decided to create your own Lenormand deck. You um, are creating a very special and unique deck. Would you tell us about that? Yes. So when I was asked to write the book, I suggested to the publisher that we should do a deck. I, I said, here's what people are going to do. And they're going to go on Amazon to leave their reviews. And they're going to say, well, I mean, this is a great how-to book, but where's the deck to go along with it? The the publisher, I asked three times and three times they said no. Okay. So then I saw the cover of the book and, you know, essentially my request was that the people on the book, you know, in the deck of whom there are a few, of course, be, be, be black people. That was very important to me. And uh, so they did that, but essentially it's clip art. If you look at the cover, I mean, that, that really is what, what those pictures are. I was wondering. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's clip art. And um, so because I am, I'm very well known in the field of Lettermont and I have loved and had no problem for years with using decks by my friends. You know, I'm friends with all of the, the great deck creators of the world. Um, but you can imagine that, you know, to be at this level and to not have your own deck would be a little bit, um, it, it sort of it graded on me. I'll just put it that way. So once I knew the book was coming out, I decided I wanted a deck. And I got in contact with uh, Stacy williams Ung. Uh, from La Panthère Studio. It's a new, it's a new house, which I think is, uh, so I, I call it a disruptor in terms of the model, the, the publishing model that they have. Um, I, I really like them quite a bit. And I discussed with Stacy what I was looking for. She found me, my artist, who the fact that her name was Erica, just spelled with a C instead of a K, felt a little bit kismet-like there. And I explained that I, I wanted a deck that was deep and serious, and I, I, I wanted I wanted Lettermond not to be seen as silly or frivolous. Mm-hmm. And what I was most concerned about, of course, were my people. <laughs> um, I wanted the people to not look like caricatures. I wanted them to. I wanted two men and two women because that's what every modern. Lenormand deck has. The old decks only had one of each. But I wanted two of each. I wanted to differentiate the pairs by age. And 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 and, the, and I wanted them all to be black. And I wanted this to be an, an homage to, to us. And Erica, the artist, is very into plants. And so we talked about that and how she could incorporate plant imagery in in the cards that allowed for that. So for example, the coffin has lilies, for example. Um, so we have the rider card and the rider is, um, is a, he's on a horse and he's got, uh, the horse has got, um, it's like something from the middle ages. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and the guy's got a helmet and a shield and on the shield and in his hand are the um, olive branch. And to me, that was because a mess, the rider is not a person, even though it is usually a person on a conveyance, whether it's a motorcycle or a car or an airplane or more traditionally a horse as it is here. The person is not important. What's important is that they carry a message. And so we thought the olive branch would be perfect because 
the messages, you know, the, one of the messages that the messenger always is carrying is, listen, don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> the messenger. Don't shoot me. So I thought it was a sort of a subtle nod to this idea that it's not about the messenger, it's about the message. So that's why we had that olive branch there. Uh, the snake, you know, human beings sort of intrinsically don't love snakes. Yeah. <laughs> and and then, you know, the Bible went out of its way to try to explain it, you know, uh, the Adam and Eve story and the result being that, you know, God says, I will put enmity between thee and the snake, he says to Adam, and your head shall, your heel shall bruise his head and his fangs shall bruise your heel. So, but the snake in Lenormand generally does mean a problem, but sometimes it does not mean that. And when I tell you the other thing that it means, you're going to laugh. Uh, the other thing that, that sometimes this Lenormand snake refers to is a clever woman. Now, I'm sure in many circles, a clever woman would be considered problematic. What I wanted people to do as they use my deck is to not forget that meaning. So we have my snake slithering through mugwort, which is a, a feminine um, plant that's used in both uh, divination and in healing. So this is a reminder to, to have that meaning in your head, that, that clever woman meaning. And then many Lenormand artists are also tarot artists. So as you can imagine, they're used to doing decks with 78 cards. So when they do a Lenormand deck, I'm sure a lot of them feel unsatisfied, right? They, they feel like they haven't painted enough. So what you'll see is they will add extra cards, right? I was aware of that tendency and that modern trend and thought long and hard about um, what I wanted to do about that. Because I do think that the system, the original 36-card system, with an addition of a man and a woman, extra a man and woman card, is, is complete. But I wanted to, to give a nod to modernity. So I decided I would, uh, I would have my artist draw a single extra card. And that's card number 37 here. And it's called scales. And so it's a picture of a, uh, a scale, you know, weights and measures, that kind of scale. And I asked her to make it evenly weighted, but on one side of the scale to put daisies and the other side to put money. Now, in terms of physics, it's impossible for that scale to be balanced, mm -hmm. right? Because, because metal weighs more than flowers. But uh, it, it, it's a metaphor for, for the fact that sometimes we choose one thing over the other. Just to be conscious and be aware um, when you're doing cost-benefit analysis in any situation. You know, it's not a value that I'm ascribing to whether you should choose coins or daisies, spirit, you know, God or mammon, I guess you could call that. <laughs> um, but, but you need to be aware. And so I said, you know, if you, if you don't want to use that card in your reading, um, I would advise readers to pull it out and have it be a card that they put at the top of their table um, as, as a card to meditatively focus on. You know, ask yourself, why am I doing this work? You know, am I am I using it to help and to heal? Am I am I doing this work to make a quick buck? Um, because there's all kinds of people out there. If you have a gift, that doesn't make you an ethical person. You know, many people are gifted who who, who have questionable ethics. So this was my nod to the re the the card reader to say, know why you're doing this work. Yeah, that, I was wondering if uh, if you had intended that to be used in the deck at all times. So I'm glad you mentioned how to do that. Well, element. I will say that this is also an American idea. So, for example, with my spread, the 23-card spread, I've had Europeans ask me, because I, I only read the top line horizontally. Everything else I read is vertical. And I've had people ask me, well, can we read the horizontal lines? And I've said, of course. I mean, it's not like the Lenormand police are going to come. <laughs> um, but I said, what, what you will find is something that I find that happens with the traditional nine box, which is that there are lots of tips and tricks to read a nine box. 
And once you've worked through the first, I don't know, four things, you'll find that everything else you do is corroboration. So if you, you know, if you want to read my spread, uh, the, the, read the lines horizontally as well as vertically, you can do that, but you will find that it, they're, they're purely corroborative. I think that's very useful for a student because one of the things that, that Lenormand does, you know, and I said the 3 a.m. friend, you know how something, someone can tell you something, give you some advice, and you say, yeah, 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 and you don't listen. Somebody else can give you literally the same advice, and it sounds like, you know, words from the mouth of God. Right. Lettermond is that way. People will say about tarot, they'll say, oh, you can't ask the, the same question over and over. Tarot doesn't like that. Well, I don't really, I mean, my cards, they're, car, they're ink on cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not about what they like or don't like. That's not even the thing. But um, if I ask a question, uh, I, I, this happened to me recently a couple of times where I did a reading for someone and I said what I saw and then I had another line to read and it said literally the same thing, but with different cards. So you see what I mean? So mm -hmm. I love that because it's sort of, to me, it's like spirit saying, okay, that's great, Erica, you said that. But just in case your client didn't get the point or didn't get it all the way. We're going to say it using different words because different cards um, and, and, and they'll get it that way. So it's, it's a be it's beautiful. And that's what I say. What, why I call it American is that Americans tend to be, you know, I innovative and uh, creative. And I'm not saying that other people are not, but you know, I live in the wild West now. <laughs> and, and that, that is just sort of a space of, of wide open possibility. And I, I think that one of the, the reasons that Lenormand has been kept sort of under glass is that people have not, um, they've not allowed it to be a living, breathing thing, the way every language, by the way, is, or else yes. it dies. And if you let it live and breathe and you're creative with it, it, it the, the, the bounds of what it can do, I mean, there, there are no bounds. I, you know, I find when you were talking about crisscrossing the reading and how it supports basically what you initially did. I have a nine uh, rune spread. And mm -hmm. when I've ever crisscrossed, I found the same thing. It pretty much just corroborates mm -hmm. what I've already, what I've already said. And, and sometimes I'm like, well, I need to tell them more. So let me read it this other way. And I'm like, oh, it's just saying the same thing. That's right. That's right. How, how is the collaboration with Erica? Did you like come up with some ideas and concepts that Oh, this is how I want the card, like the writer, the writer card. You say I want it to be this person or this type of thing, and then and give it over to Erica. Or did Erica kind of give you some ideas? She knew that I wanted it to be a deep and serious and romantic deck, uh, so she knew that the first card that she painted was the rider. And what I also find interesting about that card, and as I wrote about in the little white book, is that. It's actually a quite a two-dimensional, flat-looking person. You know that sort of remember that walk like an Egyptian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like that. <laughs> and 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 I what I loved and I told her this is that it illustrates as much as that outstretched olive branch, the flatness of the of the character makes the case that ignore that it's a person. Don't worry about that person. Mm -hmm. And yet when she did the people. I think that the I, we had conversations about what I wanted, and she knew that, you know, the young people are young, right? So they're full of hope and mm -hmm. possibility, and that the older ones have been through some things, as I wrote about in my um, in a recent post I did, and and I wanted the cards to reflect that. She picked the uh, for the most part the plant imagery. And, you know, we talked about the fact that Lenormand people are sticklers for the, the actual uh, thing being primary. So, mm -hmm. for example, the last thing that you want to have is, if let's say, it's the ship. You don't want to have the ship sailing in a sea with the backdrop of a cloud and the sun. Because then people are like, well, wait a minute, which card is this? Is this the sun? Is this the cloud? You know, like my sun card, you can't get more sun-like. And of course, there are sunflowers in that card. I, what I did was I, I, I gave her a, a kind of a description of what each card is and what each card means 
And then I let her go to town and she did a beautiful job. Absolutely did. I, I, I love the fox and the bear cards. So they're, they have their own characters, which is really nice. But yes, and, and I, I love that she has the fox uh, sailing in a sea of mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I just think that's perfect because a fox can be very tricky. Uh, and, and it can also be a card of self-delusion. So, you know, mushrooms. Mm-hmm. I'm in California, so we all know that it's the land of <laughs> all of that. Yeah, well, yeah. The, the, they really are very, very beautiful. And it looks like she actually painted them. I mean, it doesn't look like digital art. Yeah, no, 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 she did. She painted them. I actually um, have quite a few of the paintings uh, oh. in my house. I'm getting ready to put them up. Yes, but she, she painted them and uh, and then took the photographs from there. Yeah, it's it's really great because oh, and I know that this is a big part of Lenormand to some people, but thank you for not putting those playing card identifiers on there because it would just take away from so much of the art. I had a theory. I mean, the reason that I did is that yes, it's less room than on the card for the art. Also, I can read playing cards. That's one of the things that I do. But when I'm reading playing cards, I'll just get one of those decks that you can get in CVS for like two dollars, mm-hmm. and and I read playing cards. If I'm reading Lenormand, what I'm reading is you know the the word that represents the image of the thing, and yeah. I didn't want anything to take away from that. I thought I might get criticized for that, but I haven't been. People um people have been so blown away, I think, by the art. And um, yeah, that I, I didn't want to put the the uh, cardamancy reference in at all. What was the most challenging or the easiest design? Do you think to work out for me? <laughs> the the thing that the three of us, Stacy, Erica, and I, spent, uh, or the thing that I was most concerned about was the people. At first, I thought um, maybe I'll make this be a fantastical deck. And uh, and the people will be colors that people in real life are not, um, and and that that could convey a sort of utopian universality. But I, I mean, I would wake up in a cold sweat thinking, oh, do I really want you know green people and purple people, and and then what are their features going to be like? I just I you know so finally I just made the executive decision that I wanted them to be unapologetically identifiably black mm-hmm. and and erica um did a beautiful job i think do you have a favorite lenormand card a lot of people say they have a favorite tarot card or whatever do you have a favorite lenormand card uh in general do i have a favorite lenormand um yeah, in general yes, i do um in general in most people's decks i would say it's the key um i i i consider the key what i always say is that for me, it's the fraternal twin of the sun. It's that good of a card. It unlocks things. It locks doors that need to be locked. You know, it's always so interesting when you see the key because you know that whatever's following the key is the answer to the, the question. You know, the key will unlock w- what the question is. So I, I, think, um, I think the key overall is my, my favorite card. Love that. Uh, not just my deck, but in any Lenormand deck. And in olden days, you couldn't roller skate without a key. There you go. <laughs> I remember those days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. Thank you for sharing all this. What did you enjoy most about the designing process? And then we'll move on and see if you wouldn't mind doing a, a short three-card reading for us. Okay. I think uh, for me, I am, I, I mean, I, I hate to confess, I am what I call non-visual. I mean, I can appreciate beauty, but I, I'm not, um, I can't draw to save my life. I can, I can look at a piece of art and say whether I like it or don't like it, but I can't, it's hard for me to go beyond that. So it was really interesting to engage in this, uh, dialogue with these two amazing artists. Stacy's also an incredible artist. Yeah, her work um, at La Panther is wonderful. It's wonderful, right. So so it was really uh, terrific to feel like I was, you know, one of the gang and that I, <laughs> that, that that in my sort of very word-oriented um, way of seeing the world, I could have this dialogue with these artists and they understood what I was 
talking about. It's kind of like what I say about oracles talking together and nobody talking over the other one, but everybody doing their part. And so I communicated the vibe that I wanted, um, what was important to me, and and just that process of being part of that team. To me. So, for example, the garden. I love that. I you know I explained to. Erica, the meaning, you know, first of all, the garden is everything that's outside your front door. So it's, 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 uh, you know, everything sort of out there, but you know, it can be parties also, it can be outside activities, etc. Well, I love what she did with my explanation because what she created is one of those community gardens. It's a little, you know, one of those things that you see, uh, you can see them here in San Diego often, these just these sort of individual plots. And you know that that garden is tended by people who love it and that there are other plots like it. You just can't see them. They're out of frame. But it's the idea of community um, that she conveyed with that garden card that I thought was was terrific and came from the conversation that we had about the meaning of that card. Yeah, happy to do a three-card reading um, uh, on whatever you'd like. Well, I um, was wondering, we, we kicked around uh, what kind of a question, and, and I know that sometimes it's easier to have more, a very specific question, but um, I was thinking of a general question for people listening. How can I overcome, and this is the, the person hearing, how can, I over, how can I move forward from X topic that I'm procrastinating from doing or addressing? How does that sound? Well... It's, it's a very Taoistic question. Okay, well, reframe it, it then, please. No, 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 but it actually, it doesn't matter, because the reason I paused was I was thinking, well, do you want to do you want look for a significator, Erica? And I decided, no, I didn't. I was going to let spirit take over and answer that question. So I'm going to pull three cards. And, and of course, again, this is, this is, actually, this brings up a very good point. Yeah. I don't love general three-card pulls. And I'll tell you, because Lenormand is an oracle that is very personal. And so to have that sort of, here are three cards for the day. Well, it doesn't, you can do that with tarot. You can't really do that with Lenormand. Um, but let's see what we have. Okay. So we have... We have my scales card, which is that card I discussed, the balance scale with daisies on one side and uh, money on the other. In the center, we have the scythe, and then the final card is the bear. So the answer that I give you may sound flippant, and I don't mean it to, but it's it's a three-card read, and Lenormand, like runes, is a pretty in-your-face system. So the, the, the answer to, you know, how to proceed with this thing is to do the cost-benefit analysis. Is it worth your time in this moment to do this thing? You know, no shade either way, but you have to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And then once you've figured that out, it's about just putting your big boy pants on and making the decision to follow through because the site is the card for a decision. And then we have the bear, and the bear is a little bit of an echo of the scythe. You know, the bear is a very take charge kind of a card. Just, well, to quote Nike, just do it. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm pulling two more just so that we've got a line of five. And so we have the scales, the scythe. Now the bear is in the center followed by the coffin and the ship. Now, what we do when we have a five card is we can mirror cards together. So I can mirror the scales and the ship. So doing that cost-benefit analysis will help you move forward, ship. We can also mirror the scythe with the coffin. Make a decision because that will be transformative, coffin. And then in the center, be the boss of this thing. That's what a bear is. A bear is a boss. So, you know, uh, I, I am not a fan of Henry Ford. I think he was a, a racist, uh, mm -hmm. anti-Semitic, uh, whatever. But, you know, every clock is right twice a day, right? And he said something that I think is 
very true and speaks to the message of this reading, which again is scales, scythe, bear, coffin, ship. And the quote from Henry Ford is, whether you tell yourself you can or you can't, you're right. Mm. Sometimes we spend too much time in indecision instead of just taking the plunge. So you take the plunge and let's say it's the wrong thing. Well, isn't that good that now you know? <laughs> so you can, you can go now in a different direction. But when everything lies before you and that makes you paralyzed to the point where you can't move forward, well, you know, then you're not moving forward. Yeah. If Edison stopped after the first light bulb didn't work, then what would we do? Exactly. We'd be in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for that. And I'm, I'm learning. And going on, and I'm, I know others will learn, and I, I just really appreciate that you took the time out of your day. And uh, do you have any projects that you're currently working on? I, I do read. So if people would like uh, information on that, they can go to my website for that. Uh, and I people ask me all the time whether I teach. And I have taken a little hiatus from teaching because, in my opinion, my book is is truly a good teacher. But in the spring, uh, I will be there. Will be a course coming out uh, w- that that will be evergreen and self-paced, comprised of you know videos. Uh, so I will lead you through Lenormand. Um, with my face on the screen as well. And that'll be uh, either the spring or the summer that'll come out. I look forward to that. I'm sure I'll sign up. Yeah, this has been great uh, time chatting with you. So uh, thank you so much for writing such a wonderful book and uh, really appreciate this beautiful deck and appreciation to Erica, the artist as well. Uh, She did a fantastic job. I will pass pass that on to her and I I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please have a look at the show notes for links to support our guests and, well, notes. Podcasts available from Podbean, Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and other podcast download providers. Feedback and reviews are greatly appreciated. Please follow me on Instagram at at weirdgifts1 and on Facebook at at giftsoftheweird. Email me at giftsoftheweird at gmail.com. That's weird with a Y. Thanks and have a great day.